Potluck podcast session. Fashion Potluck is a social media platform where women can consume and create content. My name is Una, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck. I'm here with Julia, the chief marketing officer of Fashion Potluck. Hello everyone. Hello, and our guest for today, Natasha Schoen, a digital marketeer at Open Social. Hey everyone. Hello, Hello. Natasha. Welcome, <laughs> Natasha. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about a bit of Natasha's career. Um, she's a digital marketeer. And so Natasha, I'm really curious to hear, how did you actually get into digital marketing? Uh, well, it's quite an interesting story, actually, because I began doing my master's in communications. And that was first off because I loved reading and writing and I didn't really know what else to study um, at the time that um, that I really wanted to do. And while I did my bachelor's, I started working for Mars One. They want to send humans to Mars. Oh, wow. So they're That's a Dutch-based awesome. company. And for them, I really started doing digital marketing activities. And that really inspired me to continue. And then I did my master's in digital marketing and landed my role that I have now. Basically. Okay, but can you tell me a bit more about uh, what you did at Mars One? Like, what type of content would you create? Because it's a really a unique, uh, I would say, company, right? It was really unique because we had hundreds of thousands of followers, basically, who were really into the concept, uh, especially from America. Mm -hmm. And I did everything. We were also a very small team of, of six or seven And I did everything content related. So social media, newsletters, blogs, That's awesome. PR, That's really cool. everything. Yeah. And what re what I really loved about it was doing the, the content and the social media and the website interaction because you had people who were so enthusiastic about space travel mm -hmm. and would ask so many questions. And I would have to handle so many emails on a daily basis, asking the most random questions about yeah. Mars. So cool. Yeah. How, how so you, you also had to have a lot of knowledge about. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have so much knowledge about yeah. space and Mars now. That's really interesting. <laughs> how did it feel to know that the post you're going to post in a minute will be seen by hundreds, thousands of people? At first, it was quite tough. Uh, I would reread these posts like 10 or 20 times, mm -hmm. especially the newsletter. Yeah. Um, and also, people are quite judgmental when it comes to this. Like, they are already not sure if you can really achieve something like this. And even one spelling mistake can make them lose trust in you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, people will say if they can't even spell properly, how are they going to get people to Mars? <laughs> so what, did you, what made you leave the company? Um, well, I didn't have much space to grow in the role, actually, um, because we were such a small team. And I wasn't sure if I really belonged in the, into the space industry. And as a marketeer, I really believe you need to um, love what you're promoting. Otherwise, how can you genuinely write about it and yeah. make other people fall in love with it? So if I don't want to go to Mars, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be promoting it. To yeah, yeah, so you don't want to go to Mars. I would not go, okay. no. Why? <laughs> well, I, uh, I think Earth has enough beautiful places for me. Okay. And Mars is very barren, cold, uh, a lot of, um, well, not a lot of possibility to walk around on the actual planet. So you'd have to live um, underground or in... Um, in very well-contained bubbles, let's say. 
uh, and uh, I don't enjoy that restriction. <laughs> 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 uh, where do you currently then work and what is your role? Um, I work at Open Social, so we have an online community solution for primarily nonprofit organizations. So basically, if uh, an organization um, uh, would like to have their own social platform like, like Facebook, mm -hmm. they can build their own with us uh, using white label branding. So it's with their own branding. And uh, it's also away from all the ads and interruptions and you can really focus on achieving your own goals. Um, and connect people from all around the world as you would need to do with volunteers and stuff like that. Okay, cool. And what is your role there? Uh, I'm the digital marketeer there. So basically anything that uh, is content has my name on it. Okay. And I work closely with our customer success manager to make sure the content is delivered at the right time, at the right place, and that our, our customers are happy throughout the entire customer journey, basically. Okay, nice. Uh, from the story, it seems to me like you work in many, let's say, male-dominated fields. Um, how would you describe your experience? Is it different or...? Well, I think any, any uh, experience working in an industry that is dominated by the opposite sex, whether that's male or female, can be quite daunting. Um, I think it's well known that males and females react differently in the work environment. But in interestingly enough, for, for me, it's not only about the gender, but also my role in the industry, um, whether that was space or the tech industry. Um, but my marketing role um, compared to the developer and technical roles in my company um, can cause a bit of friction sometimes. And it just so happens that more females are doing marketing and the tech industry is still very male dominated. So sometimes my own knowledge in tech uh, or in our own software is underestimated mm -hmm. and that can be really frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. You also, from what we know, you also work currently in a team consisting only of men, right? In, in, in your office, you're the only woman. That's How correct. <laughs> <laughs> How does that feel? Well, I mean, uh, I, I love working with the guys. <laughs> I would say we're, we're a quirky team. Um, there are there were a few interesting things I noticed from the beginning on, um, and that was if there was ever any task outside our work that would have to do with the office, for example, like decorating for um, yeah. for something or cleaning up or organizing the food, I would immediately be looked at as the first one to try and organize it. So that can be because I'm generally the most enthusiastic yeah. in the office. <laughs> uh, but it was, like I said, it, it really is more about the role that I have rather than me being the uh, only female. And that is everyone around me, um, save for, for my boss, uh, who is also in marketing, actually has a technical role. And that can actually be the reason why there is sometimes space between us. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be great to see some more female representatives of, of developers, for example. Yeah. That would really make a difference, probably. And when, when you, I'm curious, when um, there is a new person uh, about to come to the team, do you try to convince your boss or your HR department to hire a woman <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay. 
Um, I yes, I definitely have uh, told our management team before that we should get some more female developers. Um, but the thing is, is that they're not so easy to find. That's yeah, true. there are not so many. Yeah, and especially because we work uh, with a uh, with Drupal technology. And in general, also there, it's really tough to find Drupal developers, uh, Drupal female developers. And in the community itself in Drupal, that is an issue. Like in the community, there is a lot of talk about how to get women to learn Drupal and, and learn how to use it and actually um, make more people available or more females available to be hired. Um, and that, yeah. So that really needs to start already at university or high school. Right. Uh, yeah. I actually recently talking about that. I was talking to a friend of mine and he mentioned that I think in University of um, Groningen, I don't, I don't know, some yeah. Dutch university Groningen. basically, I think, yeah, that they stopped um, taking uh, applications for uh, IT uh, education from guys. They want to oh, only yeah. teach IT education to girls which is kind of, you know, nice. However, this is a bit um, absolutist, like we yeah. will yeah. only like uh, allow girls to study. Uh, I didn't really like check if it's true or not, but he told me that really like confidently. And he was a bit frustrated by that, that like he says, yeah, femini feminism is cool and all, but like why, why are the guys I'm not allowed to study IT now yeah. because of that? What, what, what's your take on this? Well, I understand his frustration because, in my opinion, um, feminism is not only about females, but it's more about that it's um, you should look at every situation um, uh, by the individual, whether they are male or female, and each should be given the same opportunity. Yeah, equal rights. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, that the person sitting in front of me is not judged based on their gender, but rather their skills and. And I, I mean, it's an interesting, uh, well, it's it's a nice gesture from the Groningen, Groningen University if they are or, doing this. Or some other university. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. University. <laughs> but actually, I think it's 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 more about getting girls to, to understand what the role looks like from even younger, perhaps, right, than, than the university admissions and getting them excited. Because even when I graduated high school, I had no idea what kind of jobs are available or even, I had not even heard of a, a technical or developer yeah. role. And for some reason, the guys around me were way more knowledgeable about it because they would talk to each other about it and they were in smaller communities and it just completely flew by me. But I wonder when it happens, at what stage that the guys are so suddenly knowledgeable about IT. I was actually going to mention it now. So we were, as much about like we were attending one event where there were a bunch of women from Generation X. Uh, and one of the women shared the story with us that she has a young uh, son. I'm not sure how old he is. I think about um, between eight and 10, something like that. So it's like middle school and that they had to do like a voluntarily like project. They could like do whatever they wanted uh, as a project for some class. And uh, she said that most of the girls uh, created like some fashion projects and most of the guys made some like techie robots mm -hmm. and games and they're very young. So 
like does this does maybe school influences this already or or what what is it yeah but i i believe it's just so many factors also the media and generally you're kind of uh raised that girls like blue guys uh, girls like pink guys <laughs> like blue and uh, yeah i agree so it's from a very young age but still Yeah, I don't think you can define a specific no, age or something. It's definitely a combination of things that influence the child since he or she is born. But maybe there should be some things changed mm, in totally. order to just yeah. raise them to do whatever they want and make their own choices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, so you say that uh, you mainly work in a male-dominated a field and uh, some research shows how women take feedback a bit differently from men so how do you deal with feedback are there any uh, challenges or with giving feedback well um generally i take feedback quite well and i mm-hmm. think that really also depends on the way it was given um so if it's constructive criticism i'm i'm really happy to get that actually yeah. and also um um really enjoy getting it because then i also feel like i'm being taken seriously and people want to help mm-hmm. me improve um however if i do sometimes get criticism or feedback that i don't agree with or can see it might be a more personal um reason then uh i do get affected by it and the the problem is though and not well it's not really a problem but I cannot show that in the moment, yeah. right? You have to remain professional to a certain degree. Um and also the guys around me might not really enjoy that when I breach things in a more like personal or emotional way. So then it's something I have to either swallow down or deal with by myself later. Um but that's probably something many people have to experience. Mm-hmm. Um what what's your advice? So basically you, you don't really speak out about it. You don't well a response. If it really uh, upsets you, I think you do have the right to share it whether yeah. or not the other person really enjoys it because sometimes you just need to be able to express yourself. And just having them hear you is what is important. Um but it's not easy to do that and I understand that and and um I think it's getting better and better now with the with the fact that people can be a bit more authentic at work rather than have a persona that they need to put on or that uh we or I need to feel like I should be a strong mm-hmm. character or or woman in a in a field or um office that is mainly with guys and they would not react in the same way but um my advice would basically be to be as authentic as you can um probably not burst into tears in the yeah. moment but if you're upset then say that you're upset and um if you're upset you probably have a good enough reason to be Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's interesting because uh, a few days ago I read that actually women they often receive much more vague feedback than mm. men. So obviously it's a bit more difficult to work on it. While guys they receive really specific constructive feedback and also uh, like a specific advice how to improve that. While women, yeah, it's mainly just uh, uh, let's say criticism or something like that so it so it is quite uh, tricky but um okay let's talk a bit more about fun stuff so are there any <laughs> funny 
or challenging stories about working in a male team? Um, <laughs> a lot of them, huh? <laughs> well, our team in general is can be quite funny, <laughs> but um, less it has less to do with with the the gender differences. Um, although we are in a very large drinking culture, I have to say. <laughs> in general, here where we work at at TQ, it's also um, quite a big thing. <laughs> So I have noticed that ever since starting working in the tech industry, also being at some tech conferences, it is, um, we do know how to play, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but the more challenging side of it is, is really more, like I said, about, is about my role in marketing. And I'm not sure that some people in my own, in my own company realize sometimes the comments that they say, but, um, You do often get these moments where where they say, well, I mean, I don't even really know what you do on a day to day basis. Like, uh, like it's not coding or contributing to the software. So I don't know what, what, is. what is it. <laughs> <laughs> And I do sometimes have to say, well, I'm not just sitting there <laughs> smiling at the computer. <laughs> just for the balance. <laughs> Um, so really, it's hard for people to think outside their own roles sometimes. And maybe it has a lot to do with empathy as well. Mm -hmm. And that um, perhaps this is a female-male difference. I mean, females are, way, are known to be a lot more uh, empathetic. And this empathy has a lot to do with trying to think about what the other person is feeling, doing, thinking, how it is to be the, in their position. And even such a small comment or a joke can be quite impactful. And um, if you hear that just a few times, that's already impactful enough for it to leave an impression on you. Mm -hmm. um, but that only means that uh, I work harder to try and show the others what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And that, you know... I do contribute and yeah. these are my tasks. And if they have any more questions about what I do, they should just come and ask me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's a good approach. But uh, do you really, maybe it's also some specific fields when you work something completely different, you, you're not very familiar with other uh, fields, right? Yeah. Definitely. And I think marketing generally has this issue in a lot of companies. Yeah. Um, And like I said, it so happens that marketing is very female oriented and dominated and tech industry is still very male dominated. And often um, the marketing team has to work twice as hard to really show how they are contributing or their, yeah. uh, their ROI or, um, or, or so on. Yeah, it, I feel like sometimes it can be taken a bit like less seriously mm. than some serious, let's say. Uh, but how can you define what is serious? I yeah. mean, everyone contributes yeah. equally. Yeah, okay. Um, you have been working as a digital marketeer for several years now. Uh, what are the biggest lessons you've learned working in the field? Um, well, uh, there are a few things that have really um, resonated with me. And that is, first of all, you need to learn how to tell a story. Um, so many people are speaking out there, not only online, but also to each other. And once you start understanding what your story is as, as a company or as a person or um, your role in this company and what resonates with others about that story, 
um, then you are able to create content or market a product in a in a more um, in a way that can build relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will you if you construct your company as a more human thing where there is maybe a hero or someone that needs to be saved or a goal that needs to be reached and tension to reach that goal, then you're way more likely to hold the attention of the other person. And holding attention nowadays is nearly impossible. (laughs) So if you tell your story enough times, you will start learning what people take away from it. Um, That's one thing. Uh, Another thing is, uh, like I just mentioned, relationships. So... Um, it's really important to remember that there's another human being on the other side of their laptop sitting there interacting with you online. And it's really easy to sometimes forget that we're speaking to people that are also have their own lives going on and their own frustrations and their own stressors. And that if you really want to help each other out, um, as a company to a customer, a customer to a company, then you need to have a good relationship then you also get a good feedback loop. So what do we do well for you? What do we not do well? And what does the customer expect from us? And and what can we do better? Um, and also, since I am a huge fan of content, okay. <laughs> I would say don't underestimate content and the power that it has. Um, so some people often ask me, is it really worth it to work? this and this amount of time on on blogs and websites and so on. And I say, yes, definitely. Because first of all, it's how you um, are able to appear on Google through search engine optimization, but also to appear as an industry thought leader so that people actually see that you know what you're talking about and that you're interesting to other people, not in terms of only a product, but that you can also help them be successful in the ways that they can use your product or even outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but what if, what if, uh, what if a brand does not have a story? I mean, of course they have a story, but how can they find out what is their story? Because I feel like sometimes you can have really cool companies, really cool brands, but they're not aware that they're cool and they, they don't know how to position themselves. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, first, they have to realize that they have a story to tell. And second of all, I am always a huge fan of talking to your customers because they probably know much better than you mm-hmm. what your story is. And your story can be as simple as someone who has used your product and has become happier because of it or was able to solve a problem because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's already your story. Um, one success story is already um, a, a main story. And if you listen to more and more of these success stories with your product or people that are enthusiastic, you'll hear already what what is being repeated again and again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good advice, I think. Absolutely. Cool, cool. Um, so do you have any tips for women who would like to work as a digital marketeer? Uh, yeah. Um, well... You know, never give up. <laughs> uh, I think especially in marketing, it can be hard to see the impact of your work. 
So it's it's not like in other industries or, for example, even with um, developers or technical roles where you, um, you know, create a line of code and you can immediately see the impact the on result, what yeah. you're building. So marketing is a lot, uh, a lot more long term and a lot more about building relationships. And you can only really see the benefits over time. So don't lose hope. <laughs> Keep Keep seeing what resonates with your audience and do things that work well um, and keep learning. This is a fast paced industry uh, and I'm a huge fan of learning. So I, I read blogs and I stay updated. By... Do you have like any sources that you prefer? Actually, my best sources are uh, other people that work in the same industry. So I, um, I often meet up with people that work in digital marketing and I'm lucky because I, I work in a, a hub of mm -hmm. companies here. Um, but for example, I, I organize digital marketing meetups in TQ um, so that I can talk to other people about problems and what, they, uh, what challenges they have and, and actually how we can help each other because they will maybe even have the same problem you are having. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious, and uh, we're talking about tips for women uh, but, uh, who wants to become a um, digital marketeer. But what would be your tips for women who are working in a male-dominated uh, teams or just like male teams as you? Um, well, I would say, uh, first off, be confident. It's... It's sometimes frustrating to notice the differences between you and your coworkers around you. And um, you should always remember why you were hired to be there and that you were there for a reason and that you should not feel undermined about your own abilities. Um, the, um, the next, maybe even more important thing is to be yourself. So it might be tempting to change yourself a little bit according to your environment, right? So like I said, uh, with the feedback that I felt like maybe I couldn't be as emotional because no one around me was being emotional, but that's not the right thing to do. So constantly be yourself because otherwise that will impact your happiness in the long run. Then you're yeah. not really being yourself. And that advice goes to anyone at work, actually. Yeah. Um, don't take away yourself from work. Um, and the last thing is if, if you, if you don't see any change, then do make an effort. So, uh, if, if you do struggle being the only female in your office, or if you feel like, um, things are not changing, then argue for diversity. You have a voice in this company. Yeah. Um, and, uh, if you think that there should be more female developers, then try and do something about it. Awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, well, uh, we have come to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much, Natasha, for all these uh, uh, useful insights. So we're going to leave her LinkedIn profile in the end of the uh, podcast trans transcription. And if you guys have any questions or comments, make sure to leave them below. Thank you, yeah. Natasha. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>